Welcome back to Dice and Salt. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. And this week we're going to be talking about episode 120, Spooky Study Session. Which, and uh, it starts off spooky. We kick it off with a funeral. We kick it off with like them tossing a, a corpse in a grave, really. Because nobody says anything. Nobody says anything nice. Like that's, they that's just kind of. True. I mean, I don't remember them saying anything about him. I mean, Elksy's like, should should we say something? And they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I think Uther was the only one who was like, yeah, I'm used to this at this point. I don't really have anything left to say because <laughs> yeah, it's, was... it's only been 24 hours since they buried Randolph. Yes, yes, he was absolutely. Uh, Uhtred is it, it, Nick is playing Uhtred really well with. Uh, I'm just shocked beyond belief at all the death. Nothing really matters anymore. Yeah, nothing he's, he's really going, matters at all. He's going, <laughs> he's going numb to the to the violence and that's right, going numb to the pain. Yeah, soon it won't affect him at all, and he'll watch friends die, and he won't care. <laughs> yep. Wow, we're just turning this into a wonderful episode. This is gonna be great. Yeah, it's gonna be absolutely wonderful. I have to say though, well, welcome to Dyson Salt. This is your uh, depression hour. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we know you're a little too chipper today, so uh, yep. let's bring you down some. Welcome to Monday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I, 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 did... I do. Oh, hmm? go ahead. Go ahead. No, you can go for I it. I was going to say, I, I, I like the timeout for boots. Yeah, it's, that's what I was going to go. They, they Most of the time, they forget that they don't have it. They forget they have it, and then by the time it's like, oh, yeah, that would have been nice, but nobody's claimed it. It's just sitting in their inventory. Oh, my God, I, yes. I, I do like that they, uh, Nick basically forced them to stop and be like, no, we need to, these are useful. These could be very useful in, in, you know, in a, in a moment of crisis. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's hard one wisdom there. I, I speak yeah. from experience having, uh, at, at one point faced a trap that had a, uh, mirror of opposition on a hinge mm-hmm. and we managed to, uh, we managed to, to damage the hinge or do something. So the mirror was we were able to put it down, move it into a, into a spot where it didn't kick out any more opponents for us. Mm-hmm. And um, then we struggled to tear the hinges off because they were like magically <laughs> regenerating. It was something weird. And mm-hmm. then out of the bag of holding that we had been throwing thing, treasure into and left one particular person in charge of, <laughs> the player goes, the guy goes, uh, guys, would uh, Vorpal shears have been useful in that? And we're just like, <laughs> yes four pulse shears would have taken those hinges apart like butter thank you oh. yeah it was it was bad we it was, it was so irritating and so that you know then we repeatedly asked for inventory checks on the bag and you know find out there's stuff in there to sell blah 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 and we're like all right great all right mm-hmm. your job is to sell it the next town and i don't know what he was doing but he was he just wouldn't do it it just didn't happen he's a hoarder yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We Some had like 20 hold- plus one scimitars in there that we couldn't get sold. We're like, dude, <laughs> sell them. It, yeah, See, it was. Some people hoard physical <laughs> stuff. Some people hoard items in TTRPGs. Yeah, and yep, yep. I hoard digital files. Like, there I'm, you go. Oh. And this is really, really good stuff for the podcast because people really want to know no, how I built my gigabyte computer. drives. Yeah, yeah. We- <laughs> yeah. We're talking about hoarding, folks. It happens. It's a mentality <laughs> thing. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I understand from firsthand experience the trauma of not getting something useful off your, your loot list and onto somebody's yeah. character sheet. 
so that it can actually benefit the party or or the individual. I mean, it, it's you know. Yes. But I I it cracked me up. The time out. We need to talk boots. Yeah. That was was just totally totally entertaining all to hell. <laughs> These. <laughs> I'm not gonna make the joke. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I'll make the joke, Toast. Make the joke. <laughs> These boots are made for walking, and we're not going anywhere until we figure out who's wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Exactly. It's so dumb, and I apologize to anyone who hears this if I don't cut it. That's okay. I was I, I had a boots are made for walking joke, too. Oh, well, at least I know I'm not alone. I, <sighs> I, I do like that Tom does the, the Harrow reading. Well, kind of. He does a decent job. I, he basically just reads off the description of the cards, though. Well, yeah, I mean, it, but it's, you know, he's he's working with it. He does, he talks about what the card is, and then he, he pulls together some possible meanings in it, you know. Right. So I, I, I Tom's doing a good job. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining, because anything yes. he'd be doing would be speculative at best. Well, speculation is kind of what we do. And I thought about getting Zeno back on here, and I haven't actually asked him at this point. I really should. Well, as I remember, he, he posted a very neat rundown of the reading on the chat yes he loves harrow readings like i've done a number of them in the game that i'm in and like it's great so i kind of wanted him to go through them if he ends up joining us i'll cut this part out and have him do it oh absolutely i figured we could go through kind of what he said yep i i like the idea so harrow reading me baby uh so well i'm i'm only going over what zeno posted in early access hold on he just messaged me back he is not free (gasps) oh is he reasonably priced (laughs) you had that just ready to go okay well done all right we'll talk about his reading then all right first three cards that come up are the collector the twin and the hidden truth which represent the past. Zeno says that as Uhtred was the subject of this reading, he, this is basically remembering the path that was walked through the events from waking in Rosser's cover to now. Uhtred has collected many allies as well as magical reinforcements. The personas that have traveled with him were numerous and of many mindsets. Division was the constant companion and because of this division of goals... Uh, Vigil fell, Rogyar left, Vipira was slain, Father Crow was lost, and others. And through them and their deeds, the truth was found of their obols and the nature of Tarbefon's escape. Which makes sense. I, th- I think that works really well with the cards that you know that came up, especially mm-hmm. as it pertains to Uhtred. Because uh, these are, uh, Harrow readings are like very much up for, you know, interpretation. Right. So I, I, I really right. enjoy when Zeno kind of puts a lot of effort into basically shaping them around right, and that's know, the, the actual events. Yeah, and it's Tom does a good job of of grabbing at things while he's playing. Yeah, and then you know Zeno hits on it and and then kind of wraps more stuff in. Yeah, you know, and really he's and not really, he's not having to do it in real time while they're recording. Right, right. <laughs> but it's still thorough. And it's still, you know, pulling yeah. in the, the stuff that's already been tossed out. Yeah. So do the present. Present. The three cards are the Winged Serpent, the Bear, and the Rakshasa. Rakshasa. <laughs> yeah, it says, as these cards are aligned or perfectly aligned, the present depicts where Uhtred is at now. Uh, strength of arms and duty have given much. The knowledge that has and will be gleaned has given the party a lot to work with. 
but as the Sasha indicates, <laughs> the party and Uhtred may be too focused inward on their goal directly in front of them. Brute force approaches left them down two allies despite their success, and now may be the time to strike, but who or what will it cost Uhtred next? Which makes sense, like... Very foreboding. Yeah. The harbinger they, they really, of doom. They really have kind of tried to brute force the dungeon, I guess. There's not really another way to to do a dungeon, though. You kind of have to... Well, I it's... Don't know, it's it, at this point, it's, you know, a lot of Tarbafon stuff has required brute force. That's what it's been about. Right. And yes, it's brute force, but brute force also can can cost you. And, yeah. you know, so it's a, it's a good reading of, you know, what what they're working on now and how they've been going at it. And even with their success, they've, you know, still lost two allies. And yeah, I get it. There hasn't been much option to go other than brute force. I mean, what yeah, was that a, that first guy on the stage that took down uh, Randolph? Mm-hmm. I can't even remember the name of that undead monstrosity. And then the Gallo, the Gallo dead, Gallo hanged, Gallo dead, yeah, Gallo dead, yeah. So I mean, you know that that guy's a brute force creature. You don't really have a lot of options, especially yeah. with undead. So yeah, I think it's. I, I still really... again. I'm fee- I'm feeling what Zeno's what Zeno's pulling together here and and you know adding on to what Tom did. Yeah. I mean, I think in more of like a less literal sense the brute forcing like you really can't do much else for a dungeon. You have to walk through it. You have to go through it room by room. Uh, yeah, pretty much. You know, if you're coming up and you know like combats are coming, you can maybe try to avoid them but they really haven't tried to avoid anything at this point they've just walked into the room and said okay what attacks us now true but they've also you know they've just been going along their search finding things following things they have bypassed some stuff although uh you know xeno freaked out and ran and found some of other folks that may be there on the way back xeno you mean Uh, not xeno uh tiablith tiablith damn it (laughs) whatever yeah (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're both they're both kind of jerky sometimes you know kind of kind of yeah. lippy and sassy and obnoxious <laughs> i love you both <laughs> yeah but i i just you know maybe knowing that matt's playing a cultist maybe uh i know you know Zeno likes to play he's playing an occultist as well and anytime he really can he uses like oh, i forget the spell it's on the occult list but basically you get like a little sensor scrying maybe i don't know oh and you okay. can float it around and move it around and he likes to do that for all for the dungeons and stuff to kind of you know scope out what's what could be there and then they can actually form plans they know what's coming whereas you know maybe the guys just haven't thought to do that or maybe they just don't want to because it's a podcast and they're trying to be entertaining I, I don't know i do wonder if recording changes the way they would actually play this I don't know. But that's a question. That's probably a question that we should put in for the book four retrospective when it comes that, up. You, that's a great point. That's an excellent question that we should put in. How would you, you know, how would you play this differently if you weren't recording it? Right. If you or weren't would you to... have played it differently? Would you have, you know. Exactly. You know, it, does that even factor into your decision making process? Yeah. I mean, it I, might be second nature to them at this point. Yeah, it, it may be, in which case then it doesn't factor into it. They're just, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they're doing. But it's that's an excellent question, Toast. You should uh, you should send that off to Matt right now. All right. I don't want to forget it. And this is a big dungeon crawl. Yeah. It's, it seems like Paizo has a, a somewhat of a formula when they do their APs because, 
book fours always not always maybe but like seem to be like you do a couple of minor things in the beginning where like yeah you met with Erasne but that's not going to take very long and then you've got a trip to actually get here but that's not really going to take that long but then you get to like you know the end of this book and it's a dungeon it's like a big dungeon because I know Jade Region has the same thing where I I think the dungeon in that book four has 15 floors that you're supposed to clear which is just it it's insane (laughs) yeah uh i remember in rise of the rune lords which is uh, a 3.5 ap and it was one that it's their first one so Mm -hmm. it's before the pathfinder D &D split Um, their book four includes a pretty extensive i mean there's a wilderness area and then there's the actual dungeony area but you know that is a pretty extensive thing that soaks up most of the book you know, the travel to there takes a while, but it's not a lot of game time, just like you were talking here. And then there's not a lot of, you know, you have some random encounters and then maybe, and then you got to get yourself into this, you know, into this library. And then you got to, you know, you got a couple bosses to face. Yeah. And, you know, you got to find your way down and, you know, all that crap or yeah. up and down. I forget. I forget what it is. There's, there's a couple areas you got to clear, but it, they're pretty, they're pretty extensive and they involve searching a lot of, uh, a lot of area. So, I mean, yeah, they seem to follow a formula. I wonder if it's something related to the amount of experience you need to advance. Maybe, but I mean, it may, it may be uh, a kind of, I'm, I'm guessing it's kind of a function like that. Cause I actually find a, a similar pattern on a lesser scale, like in, you know, book one, the book twos kind of thing, yeah. twos and threes, you kind of have a little bit of, there's a, depending on where it falls, right? You kind of have a little bit that you're working on yeah. in there. They might just be throwing things at you just to give you experience to. Yeah, it's possible. Level It's you. possible. Hmm. I mean, I, you know, I, I knew, we all knew this was coming, right? We're going to Gallows Spire. We're going to right. this big tower in... And I can't even remember the name of the city now that it's in. Um, Anorak. Anorak. No, it's, not Anorak. it's not Anorak. It's got. It can't be Anorak. It's got to be something else. Uh, something close to that, I thought. Adorak. Adorak. Yeah. Adorak. Okay. So I I knew when we got here to the tower that was going to be the dungeon crawl, right? That was going to be the big, involved. It's Tarbefon's palace. It's not going right. to be small. It's going to have lots of layers. It's a parfait of undead gooiness and you know boom here we are and so totally get that knew it was gonna happen the other thing i was gonna say was that and now i'm gonna freeze because i'm totally blanking on it please wait while your host is loading well that feels like a uh an opening statement it it is um (laughs) oh i I remember what i was gonna say now okay some some of the kind of big dungeons i've encountered Uh, playing there was one horror on the hill where you go in and you kind of meet the big bad at the beginning yeah and then he drops you in a pit which drops you in the dungeons down below and then you kind of want you got to wander and work your way out of a maze to get there it's a trope yep yep but you gotta i'm sure it's got a specific name (laughs) yeah no i it it is but uh they did that did that to me i was the only one that fell down it and then i said all right i take (laughs) this turn this turn this turn this turn and you know left left right left left right left or something like that some weird combination mm-hmm. and he goes oh, hang on and he goes and traps it out and he goes god damn it and i go and he go what i, I couldn't see the map didn't do it and he goes okay in x let me 
count it out. And he goes, all right, in like three rounds, you're back at the door to the entrance to this throne room. <laughs> so I was right back to whoop the bad guy. And I had in all of my turns and everything, I'd managed not to go into any of the stuff. So <laughs> with regard to brute force, yeah, where you sometimes have, it works. Where where you have the the stuff down there, sometimes you can make the right choices and breeze right through it. Sometimes you're stuck in every single possible room facing every single possible, you know, piece of opposition. So, you know, the guy, I thought the guys did pretty good with the stuff they skipped, which they were planning to go back and check out anyway. And they should, cause it's Gallowspire and it's Tarbafon. And this is a chance to, you know, really go through his underwear drawer and see what he's got hiding in there. And, you know, they should take that opportunity, but you know, I'm not sure they have the same, uh, I'm not sure it's the it's it's the the same as brute forcing it when you're intentionally going through it because you're hoping to f- glean pieces of information or intelligence, uh, you know, on your right, opponent. Right. But I, the point is well made. It, you're given kind of a maze, and depending on how fast you get through it, really determines you know how brutal it is. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. We've got right. a little off topic of the the hair reading, but it's fine. Eh, drifted a little. All right. But anyway, <laughs> the future. The future. Uh, the cards the for future, this one were future, future, future. the vision, the big sky, and the tangled briar. Briar, briar, briar. <laughs> Zeno writes that the future holds curious omens. The vision denotes the possibility of insight to gain. The tangled briar speaks of an event long past that might bear fruit or famine for the future, so it could go either way. The big sky being misaligned warns of victory, but at the detriment of a worse outcome. Uh, he says that Arasni was part of ancient deeds surrounding the Whispering Tyrant and may also hold information for Uhtred and the party, but maybe following her plan would lead to a possible future that, while it may bring victory, it may not be worth the cost. And uh, they, the PCs may need to find an alternative. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, like Arasni might be, I don't want to say the easiest, but like the easiest answer to the problem of Tarbathon and but maybe not the right one it's entirely possible because maybe she does defeat him and something worse happens or i'm not saying she's going to take his place or anything but like i don't know maybe it destabilizes things or you know yeah i mean maybe maybe it doesn't destabilize things in the sense of it causes so much chaos that you know countries fall into ruins and the order of the world is up to, you know, given this big upheaval, but maybe, you know, the devastation that would be caused by yeah. taking out Tarbafon would lead to something like the world wound or some, or worse and some sort of equivalency. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering they find out later where he's gathering his forces and Alex says that a hundred thousand is not a, a bad estimate on how many might be there. Right, and we've now keep in mind bad. too in this AP, we've also had Geb as a counterpoint. Right, and Geb is an undead nation that is not, you know, going to town on its neighbors. Is not, you know, killing everybody to make them undead. They're, you know, it's it's they're demonstrating it's possible to coexist. Right. I'm not saying that that's a great thing, guys. I'm not trying to get into, you know, good, evil, all that here. I'm just saying there's a counterpoint that suggests there's this possibility that maybe there is some sort, and, and you're saying too, maybe there's some sort of uh, state or media, uh, uh, medium's not the right word, but some sort of place of balance where Tarbafon's out there, but he's, you know, self-contained somehow. 
You know, he can't grow any bigger without crushing it on himself. There's enough pressure put on him that he can't do, you know, it's, right. it's be kind of like the status quo again. But I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. I mean, I, I, might... I don't know what it, I don't know what it looks like. I mean, Geb is intentionally done in a way that it's they're provide they're doing something, providing services, trade and all that. And, you know, we're undead. Yeah. And I, I don't see Tarbath on sitting down and no, starting no, I a don't, government but... and. But maybe food. there's some maybe there's some other situation where there's enough stuff grinding up his undead resources that he can't expand, right? right. He's got something else he's got to deal with so that he could expand again. So that keeps him in, you know, this kind of constant churning state to maintain where he's at or try to maintain and maybe it won't wipe him out, but it, like I said it grinds him up enough. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It'll be interesting, interesting to it's, find it's, out. And it it pops up you know some interesting thoughts on what possible alternatives could be there that might not involve or does not involve wiping out Tarbafon. Yeah. Or maybe Tarbafon gets wiped out but not his army or something whereas Arasni's solution would just, you know, nuke them all. I don't know. It's I mean at this point it's all speculation, so that's what we do. And and tarot readings could be Tarot readings, like good prophecies. Harrow readings. Yeah. Harrow readings, sorry. Tarot readings, harrow readings, whatever, like good prophecies. Lots of ways that you can interpret them. And then if one way that you're suspecting fails, boom, you've got another way that it could succeed. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a pretty good trope. You know, uh, overhead, you'll, f you know, three cranes, a flock of, cr sorry, overhead, a flock of cranes will be flying over the chosen one or something. And, you know, oh, flock of cranes. And then maybe, you know, maybe they're not birds. Maybe they're actual, you know, cranes that lift stuff, you know, mechanical devices. But there's three or four of them there. And so it's kind of like a flock of cranes. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm stealing from a movie that I like. There's there's a lot of times ways to interpret, different ways that you can interpret it that make it happen. And that's what makes a good prophecy and, and a good harrow or tarot reading. Speaking of the, you know, other. But yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And getting right into the knowledge that they're after, I think they know there's a library, but they haven't had a chance to hit it by the time, if I remember correctly, by the time of this tarot reading. So there's that insight that they can gain. And when they get right to it, I love how there's a role in the library. My note here says the library <laughs> has been a waste. Well, except for the control orb for the witch gates. Ha 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 ha. Cause that's when I, that, you know, I, I was like, oh, it, it wasn't anything. And then this control orb and I slap in my butt off and I'm like, way to roll a one, Matt. Yep. I mean, luckily it was probably first on the list of like things to find. Yeah. I thought it might be down there actually when they started talking about how he had um, gathered all the, uh, yeah. The things I'm trying and, to yeah. remember the name of the grave knight. Emeritus, right? Emeritus yes. lightning, very, very frightening. Yes, Emeritus. Yeah, so when Emeritus had been gathering all that stuff to to advance his his mission, I was wondering if it hadn't found its way down there somehow because he was grabbing everything and then discarding things that weren't you know immediately useful. Although this right. would have been useful to move them around. So, and then uh, <laughs> I love Utrid rolls better than a one, but I not mean, much as I recall. <laughs> not by much. I think he, I think Matt got a nine or an eight, and I think. Nick got a 12 at that point. Yeah, I, on the the damage from the research checks, because oh, it yeah. uses this, Alex calls it a knowledge hoard, but it's a, you know, you got to damage the library, do so much, which is the you doing the research. Right. Tiablith got a nine total and Utrecht got a 13, and they still had to come back. Yeah. And and something later, you know, that comes later on towards the end of the episode that Joe, you know, says that he's still 
uh, channeling the Hierophant, Hierophant, yes. whatever it is. I think it's Hierophant. He can Hierophant. change that. He can change that daily, right? Yes. So they went two day or two sessions in the library and then rested. But at the end of the, the day, he said that he was, you know, still channeling the Hierophant. He could have changed that. He didn't have to. No, because I think the the sessions in the library are eight hours long. So not right. twenty. The his is a twenty four. So right. he could have. So oh, they I did an eight hour saying. session. They did another eight hour session, and then they rested. And they rested for eight hours. That's twenty four hours. Changed that. Yeah. He could have changed that for the next day. He doesn't. He's not stuck with the the hierophant at that point. But he says later on that he is, and I think it's just because they blew through that day so quickly that it's just like we don't. They don't normally do that. Yeah. So he may have just been like, oh yeah. Well, no, all, I, yeah. I, all the time gets consumed in the in the research. So I mean, it makes for a quick day in game. Right, action. Right, so he just doesn't think that he may not have yeah. remembered that he could have changed, or maybe yeah. he just wanted to do it. I don't know, but he absolutely, I think, could have switched. You know, and it's, who spirit he was channeling. Right, and they did get some useful information eventually from the the library. Right, we, in we terms kind of, mentioned of that, yeah, we we the Tarbafon marshaling his forces, a hundred thousand, you know, undead yeah. over at uh, Renchurch. No, Renchurch. Oh, that's the, a uh, secondary the location. Right, yeah, right, right, right. he sent a lone minion to go to, which I think is going to be the the next place to go in the AP. I'm just I'm guessing that that's the that's the ticket here. I don't know. I mean, if if Tarbafon's only sending one person, he probably doesn't want a whole lot of attention brought to it. So, which it is probably like a- why you should go check it the hell out. Yeah, in my opinion, but. The, the other thing that came up here was, why the hell did you guys not fix the Witch Gates? I mean, why did you not? Um, once you had the orb, you did the first eight hours. They should have gone up. Boop. Witch Gates are all set so we can go. Arasni can go. Or maybe not Arasni right now, but we got all set and then pull the orb again. So nobody can change it on you and carry yeah. the orb with you. But you should have taken care of that. Yeah. Because now don't... you could get out and you could get back in. Yeah. I don't I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, like I said, I think maybe the the compression of time kind of i i think uh, maybe matt messed with them a little bit yeah matt playing tia blith is the oh where he just kind of wants he's like this is a place to go we should go down here there could be yeah good stuff we're gonna here. do research i'm not done with this library i haven't learned everything here yet yeah oh speaking of learning everything that spell resistance for the whispering tyrant is a little insane <laughs> it is it is a little insane e- even at max level <laughs> you'd have to have feats and and things to be able to get to even have a chance at hurting him which is it makes sense yeah i like i gotta wow again i i'm gonna have to refresh what spell resistance requires that's just my level plus a d20 right plus my feats yeah it's a caster level check basically okay good yeah i mean you know if you have spell pen or excuse me spell pen then i think you can make the 42 with a 20 on the die so I 20th so. level caster, spell penetration in there. Greater spell penetration drops it another two points. If you're an elf, you get another two points. So there's some ways to get it down. Uh, Zeno yeah. talks about feats and other things that can lower it for marshals to wail on him. I can, yeah. A couple of them are at the edges of my memory in terms of name from you know characters I've played, created, where I was looking at those sorts of things as possibilities to have. But yeah, terrifying. I mean, yeah. straight up terrifying. Yeah, that's... Ugh. It'd be fun. And then we we finish up with the library, which by yep. the way, I love the I love the knowledge hoard or the library mechanic. I'm also experienced that in 
strange eons that I'm playing in. I like it. Yeah. You know, the you do damage. It just it's a neat little mechanic to track a little bit of time to mm-hmm. do you know, to to look over the information and give you kind of a mechanical way to to resolve it in game and make a few rolls and it's it just it's just a neat little way to handle that. Now they gotta go through the wall of force to this other part of the dungeon <laughs> so we can go even deeper now. <laughs> yeah. You know, because we haven't hit 15 floors yet. Yeah, no, they... <laughs> I really like this one. In Rise of the Rune Lords, my uh, my game master, I told him I was walking down a certain length of hallway because we could see the map, but we hadn't been there. He said, but, you know, you could see where you're at. And it's like, all right, I'm going to go down this hallway uh, about to here. And I just said where I was going. Right. And um, he uh, said, oh, make a saving throw. And I go, what What for? What? What the hell did I see? Oh, you walked <laughs> over this you walk through this ring of glyphs that are each one of them is a 10 by 10 or a, yeah, I think a 10 by 10 or a five by five, whatever the hell it was. So basically there's one on the floor, one on each wall, one on the ceiling. And I walked right through it. Never once seeing it. Apparently. Yeah. And I was like, dude, that's weak sauce. Do you seriously yeah. want me to ask what I see every time? Because I'll do that too. I will bog this table down in perception <laughs> checks. I will, <laughs> so I will say, nope, I want a perception <laughs> check. Tell me what I see. Before I do anything else, I want a perception check, you know, because I expect that when you walk in, you see some things for free, right? And right. if there's a goddamn symbol carved in the floor, in the ceiling, in the walls, as I'm coming down a hallway, even on a curve, I'm going to see something weird. Right. You know, give me a chance and just say, hey, you see something weird. I mean, it's not the normal smooth stone. Oh, well, shit. Hang on. I'm going to stop. What is it? Give You know. Yeah. Anyway. Didn't happen that way in this one. The fog obscures it. They walk right over it. Boom. Set it off. I thought it was dirty as hell, but it was (laughs) totally awesome as far as a trap goes because there's no way to see it. And since you didn't use fickle winds to clear away the fog. He did use fickle winds. Before they walked across it? He cast, before they dispelled the, the wall, Tom cast fickle winds on everybody. Okay. I take that back. So you did cast fickle winds. So then it just doesn't work. Uh, you know, the way it's been advertised. <laughs> but I mean, the point is, you didn't do something that cleared away the fog, that could clear away the fog, which is great. I mean, you mm. protected from any poisonous gas stuff. I just, I liked it. It was nice. That way it was, yes, but, but you don't see it because you just get, that's right, it's not heavy gases. Wow. We're just, I should never have made that <laughs> joke. Uh, you know, <laughs> never should have done it. Alex inspired me to, you know, to do it because of our little our little exchange there on the uh <laughs> on the chat but god dang it we're just now we're back to heavy gases and fickle winds makes a, a cyclone and oh dear god <laughs> oh dear god yeah that's it we've been blown away folks <sighs> are we ending it there are we ending it like that i you can if you want i don't care <laughs> is there anything else for us to talk about i mean we kind of we're well, kind of waiting two- on the, the two, two uh, spider creatures, creatures. yeah, you know. with icy blue eye or icy blue grinning at everyone. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be you know. It, I'm sure that'll it's be nothing fine. to worry about. It's fine, yeah, perfectly fine. They're just they're just the attendants. They're going to say, "Beg your pardon, sirs, but what would you like from the vault?" <laughs> yeah. Remember, you have to have the exact box number. Yeah. Do you have your key? Oh <sighs> my goodness. Yeah, I think that wraps us. And that's going to do it for us this week. You can find us and the players on the Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lady Toast. 
And I'm Lord Richter. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Well, that's that was the whole point of. No, nope, no, nope, go ahead, go ahead. You're correct. You're you're going to edit me out anyway and make me sound okay. <laughs> Not smart. You're going to sound smart. I'm our... just going to sound okay. <laughs> I don't sound smart. S M R T. S M R T. It's a Simpsons joke, right? Absolutely, Homer Simpson. I am a smart. S M R T. And he burns his high school diploma and starts a house fire because he now has a college diploma and so he doesn't need his high school diploma. I I. I wasn't allowed to watch Simpsons growing up, so... Oh, well, you didn't miss a whole lot. Yeah, my mother thought it was crude.